Francisco. I'm director of, of Newly Married Ministry here. I started in January here at Watermark. The last six years I've been in Tyler, Texas. Um, I'm director of a, of a youth camp there called Epiclanco. And so my wife and I moved there. Oh, stop. It's not working. We moved there uh, back in 05. Um, as we moved, we were pregnant at the time. And so that was kind of a, a crazy bit of transition there. We left probably two close friends who were about to have babies at the same time as us. When we got to Tyler, the Lord had more in store. We ended up with you know, about four couples who ended up being pregnant at the same time. So for our first wave of children, there's a baby September 21st. My boss had a baby October 1st. We had ours November 1st. And then another co-worker had one December 1st. And so it was kind of fun to get to kind of do life with those couples and to go through that whole process together. And so you know, hopefully... For a lot of you, you've got some people like that who are who've gone through it recently. You know, we're about to go through that process, and it's just it's fun to get to do that together and to have other people who are speaking into you, have other people reminding you, "Hey, you're not crazy. Your wife's not crazy." Like sometimes maybe you are crazy, you know, and, and how do you get help for that along the way? And so for us, we have four. Our oldest is six, and then I have a five-year-old, and she's a little girl, and then the rest are boys. I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Um, that we kind of get to hang with. And so, Scott, you want to kind of give a quick overview? Of yeah, yeah, we've been married uh, just over 10 years. My wife is ever with the women um, in the other room. We've got uh, twin boys that are almost eight, a five-year-old that's almost five. No, that is five. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does to me. with that child. And then a three-year-old. And uh, yeah, that's three, almost three. Yeah, he has three, uh, four boys. So there's seven, seven penises, and yeah, one not penis. <laughs> one, but, uh, <laughs> like the JJ. Yeah, there you go. Who's having twins? Anyone having twins? Oh, there we got one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, you're alone. Seriously, y'all need to pray for Joe more. As hard as this thing is for one, I don't even want to tell you how hard it is for two. <laughs> but equally off, more awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, this time, obviously, on, on both sides of the spectrum, for the men and for the ladies, I mean, you obviously have heard a lot today. A lot of stuff has been spoken to you. Um, our hope is that you'll be able to, to ask some questions in here. Did we get the any cards? Yeah, who's got If you got the cards, I'll take those out. Yeah. Yeah. If you have anything you want, really the cards are just if you have something anonymous, you know, that you're kind of like, man, I don't want to ask that in front of everybody, and the teacher will laugh at me. We're not laughing at you, we're laughing with you, um, if it's a funny question, you know. There really, there aren't any stupid questions. The stupid ones are the ones you're not asking. I'm sure you've heard that your whole life, but but in all seriousness, like, don't be prideful in this today. Like, we, we want to come alongside and help any way that we can. Um, you know, more than likely, the question you have, someone else is sitting in here probably having the same question. And so, you know, some of what we want to talk through today is just to really be able to kind of break down some of what was said in there earlier. Um, pretty much mostly from uh, the time of Ryan and Callie. And then if we throw stuff out there, I mean, we'd love to see hands raised. I mean, if you've got questions, if there's things you want us to talk through more or expound on more, that's really kind of how we want to utilize this time. And so we're great with you guys directing, you know, be able to kind of ask the questions, things you want to know about. I mean, if it's us just sharing parts of our story, what those experiences look like, 
and we're we're open books in that as well. And so that's hopefully this time will be beneficial to you guys, and you guys can write stuff down. So you do have a note sheet. If you want to write stuff down, if questions pop into your head as we're talking, feel free to write those out and ask them too. But uh, and I think just to kind of get us rolling, get us started, uh, I'll just kind of throw something out there. We can talk through it a little bit, and then you guys can bounce questions off that. If you have additional questions, then we'll just kind of. If it gets lulled in the room, we've got plenty up here that we can we can throw out there and discuss and talk about. So that sound good. Awesome. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me uh, in, in becoming a dad and, and walking alongside this with my wife um, is just the idea of being a servant. Um, and you know, we kind of wrote that out, man. Serve, serve, serve. And uh, for me, when it came to getting married, I think I really began to realize like how selfish I was. So my wife and I will be married ten years in August. And I remember getting married and thinking, "Wow, I'm pretty selfish." Um, and I remember having a kid and being like, "Whoa, I thought that went away. Like I'm, I'm still pretty selfish." And just the areas in my own life where I've gotten, I got, I feel like I've gotten comfortable in my schedule. My wife and I had gotten pretty comfortable together, but by the time we, we started having children, some of you may like, man, that, that's just not the case. Like, we're, we're having a baby quicker than we wanted, and that, that happens as well. You know, you're maybe still haven't even quite figured out like, how are we doing life together as a couple or, or whatever. But, but I think the biggest thing in that is always seek for ways to serve and, and take initiative in service. Um, you know, don't always don't feel like you have to wait to be asked to do something. Um, you know, for those of you who have wives who want things done a particular way, yeah, in, in taking initiative, sometimes you might do things wrong, um, and she may, you know, bark back like, "What are you doing?" You know, communicating that, communicate well, but but take that initiative. Uh, I think Scott had a great quote on that as well. Um, what was it that leadership is taking initiative for the benefit of others? Leadership is taking initiative for the benefit of others. And obviously the example in that is, is Christ's example. Um, you know, as you look to become a dad, I mean, think servant of all, okay? So your wife, servant of all, this child that really can't do anything on its own, right? I mean, you're going to have such a great opportunity um, to be a servant. Um, Philippians 2, I know that the, uh, Ryan and Callie share that with you guys, but Philippians 2, man, 3 through 11, I, I put it to memory. And then I do it now rather than later. Um, so that it's something that, you know, when you're worn out and you're exhausted, it's what comes to mind. You know, it's what's brought there for you. And that, you know, counting others more important than yourselves. And Philippians 2 just talks about that idea of man, having this action yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. Um, you know, and basically that idea that and he was God and man, and yet for him he could stoop to a level of becoming a servant of all. And so, man, when you get that poopy diaper staring you in the face, <laughs> right, that first time, and you're just like, at least for me, like I gag. Like there's just some diapers where I mean, I would sit there and just be like, <laughs> you know, and my wife laughs at me, but I'm just like, babe, that is filthy, that is gross, you know. And and then there's some that you're like. It's a no wiper. Yes. <laughs> Not at the beginning, though, right? And so, I mean, there's just there's just all kinds of different areas. I mean, obviously, you can't nurse unless you figured out something that we don't know about. Um, you know, but you're not going to be able to nurse the child, right? Um, do you remember the first diaper that they have, the first couple? Yeah. Some of you may have known this. Do you know what the first couple diapers look like? Tar. Yeah. Black, sticky tar. Interesting. 
Yeah, so I'm like, what the heck is wrong with my child? <laughs> and I remember my favorite, I had some, here's, this is a side note for free. Do not wear your favorite shirt when your child is born. Because <laughs> I've got black stick guitar all over my favorite shirt. And it does come off by miracle of God. I don't know what chemical they put on it, but that looks oxy clean or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, just wear some crummy t shirt. Yeah. yeah. But it is. I mean, he, you know, and so just, I think in that, just looking for ways to serve your wife. I mean, and, and just practical ideas. I mean, wash bottles, you know, wash, if you're using a pump, pump parts, um, do the dishes, Add, you know, make meals. If you don't cook, like, offer to pick up meals, you know, and bring those things in. Um, but just simple ways, laundry. And, you know, Scotty, as we said, I'm talking about this, I mean, laundry is just a totally different animal with kids because it's so small. And so what, like, our clothes that might fill up a washing machine, like, that's like a million baby clothes. You know, and you're just like, Ugh. and, like, they're always covered in, you know, puke, and they're they're covered in you know, spit up, they're covered in poop, you know, so you're even loading the washer sometimes. It's just such a labor of love because you're like, Gross! You know, it's like, you know, like over and over again. Like, you know, some of you are like, great, thanks for sharing. Really excited about this. But I mean, like, there are just so many practical ways that you can be a blessing to your wife that you can come in there and show her. So, yeah. I have a question. I've written it down. I don't want to say it. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, I've learned a lot from you guys just today in terms of, like, stuff that I didn't think through. You know, uh, early God's going to change, our life's going to look different, date nights, all that stuff. So I'm thinking in my head, you know, if I'm going to be intentional with my wife in a relationship, at some point in the next, you know, week or so, I'm going to sit down and be like, hey, babe, we didn't talk through some stuff. You know, someone just talk through our expectations or what do you want to do. How much of that is going to be beneficial? Like, how specific should we get? Should we, like, write down a chore chart? Hey, you know, uh, the plan is we're going to alternate nights or alternate, you know, sessions of, like, you sleep for three hours and then I'll sleep for three hours, like, how specific and how much of that would be beneficial? Yeah. Can we go first? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I love the idea of really being able to sit down and kind of flesh and think, like just think through some things. I mean, for, as you guys close out today, like just talk through some stuff that, that, they've, that they've brought up today. Like ask, but ask some simple questions just like, Man, what did, what did you hear today? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Like what are your expectations of me then as a husband as we you know, look into that? What are my expectations of you? I mean, so being able to talk through a lot of that, I mean, I think it's great to kind of have a plan, like a thought moving forward, but be ready for that plan to just kind of get wrecked, you know, because you just, in a lot of ways, you just don't know what that's going to look like. You don't know a lot of how your wife's going to respond to having a baby, right? I mean, some, some, it's like, man, this is just glorious, and I love the baby stage, you know, and there's moms that just instantly connect. You don't know how you're going to really respond to a baby. You know, I mean, I know for me, that first one, when that baby came out, I mean, there's just this instant and unconditional amount of love that you have for a child. You know, that, at least for me, like, I was just, I was overwhelmed by that. I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And it, it really showed me so much more that unconditional love that the Father has for us. And the gospel just like, I mean, it, it became so real to me when I had a child. I blown away by it. But like your your wife may not she may not enjoy the baby stage. You know, and, and so there's just there's things that you're gonna have to figure out on the fly and, and like you said asking other people about. And so I think it's great to talk about it. I think there's just, there's just a level of being flexible that will probably be even there. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. The other thing I would say is in terms of your calendar and schedule, it's just to clear as much as you can off your calendar for those first few months. And so that way you have the flexibility 
to call an audible in the middle of the night. You don't know what any particular night it's going to look like. And so, you know, a lot of you play sports and you've got ministry responsibilities at night. I would just say this is a season where you definitely want to cut more off your calendar than you keep. So that way you're flexible to be able to have those conversations and call an audible in the middle of the night and just serve her like crazy. Um, and again, every couple's different. The, the comparison thing will, which just keeps coming up. Everyone I said, everyone I asked, how do we prepare for teaching this class? What would you tell these guys? And, and I heard over and over again the comparison thing. And so you know, you're gonna you're gonna have this temptation to compare your child or your wife to somebody else, and just be careful of that. You'll get bitter in the process. And I, I remember thinking, we, you know, we have we have these twin boys. I don't remember one of them. Duncan was uh, was one of the twins, and I don't remember anything about his first four to six months of life, except for the one time I almost dropped him because I tripped over a, a baby thing on the ground. That's pretty much the only memory I have of Duncan. Uh, no lie, 2 o'clock in the morning, rocking the child. There's this thing on the floor. So here, this another good one. Just clear the floor before you go to bed. Because <laughs> I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, trip over it, and almost, my key goes flying in the air and catch up. Terrified me. But that's the one memory I have of Duncan for the four, first four months. And that's because Drew was colicky. And so there's, there's a sheet in your paper. Some of you guys will be blessed with a colicky baby, which means they will cry all the time for no reason. There's no way to console them. Uh, they just cry constantly. And that, that's what I remember from Drew from his first four months of life. And so whatever plan we would have put aside for Drew would never have worked because there's just no way to really console him well. Just be flexible, be ready, clear the calendar. And that, that schedule and calendar thing, I mean, if you have the flexibility as far as you know, mornings, not scheduling stuff late at work, I mean, because, like, when, when you have a chance to get home, get home. At least my wife, that's huge for her. It's just that, I mean, just think about the fact that they've been home. And you'll realize this, too, for the, the first time you let your wife go out, you know, and get some of that alone time, and uh, you're left with the baby for... Man, who, 30 minutes? You know, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you know, like there's just a, there's a freak out moment. And, and what I, you need to keep in mind is when that when that moment happens, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's a couple of hours, whether it's a full day, you go, like, she does that every day. <laughs> like, every day. And, and so have that mindset as you're coming home from work. It's like, man, I'm coming home to love of my wife. I'm coming home to support her. I'm coming home to serve her. You know, like, your work day isn't over. When you finish up at the office, like you're coming home and you're stepping in the more, and it's like, all right, let's do this. This is my role. So, good. Let me give you one. I got my list. It's just focusing on spiritual growth. And so, you're, these guys talked about this morning, but if you guys read the Bible, if you pray, if you're involved in ministry, that's going to change and needs to for a season. But as much as possible, you want to be strong in the midst of a season when it's going to be really tough to be strong. And so you can count, you know, hundreds of couples over the years. Well, I've heard the story where my, we had a baby. I'm not doing well with the Lord, and I'm looking at porn and masturbating. Guarantee it will come up for many of you that you'll be tempted. And largely it's because you're not in the Word, you're not praying, you're not keeping strong spiritually. You're exhausted, and you feel kind of, um, I'm entitled to get mine physically. And so if my wife's not going to give it up, we just talked about I can't enter into her, then I'm going to take it into my own hands, so to speak, and look at pornography and masturbating. And so this is one thing that we'll hear and you'll, you'll feel, is you'll be like, you know, we're just not doing great in our marriage. We're just kind of off with each other. I, I can't put my finger on it. And so whenever I hear that, a couple of things come up. One, I just know, because there's probably... 
you're not doing great spiritually, you're not in the Word, you're not praying, you're not keeping strong spiritually, there's probably some kind of you know hidden sin that you're struggling with right now. And largely because when we're tired, uh, we are weak. You know, when I'm tired, my, my temptation is to run to the store and get some food. For many of us, when I'm tired, my temptation will be to run to pornography, especially when she's, and I'll tell you, when she's in the other room nursing, and you're in your bed by yourself, and you've got your phone right by you, and nobody's around, and she's going to be gone for 30 minutes, it's really easy just to start playing around on your phone or your computer, start looking at porn and masturbating. Uh, and so we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But just, just know that's coming, that temptation. And when you're tired, uh, is when we are more susceptible to sin and the fall. And so whatever you have to do to stay strong spiritually, it's not going to look the same as it does now. But just know that's coming. And so I want to have Kyle Kegler always talks about planned responses to sin. And so when I'm tempted, I just quote quoting scripture. I'm being prepared for that temptation. I'm thinking about specifically, if I'm tempted to look at porn or look at anything, I think about my wife who is not sleeping, who is sacrificing everything in her to feed our child, and yet I'm going to sit in my bed and selfishly pleasure myself. That's just, that's just not what God wants me to be. When he says, love your wife like Christ loved the church, am I loving the church right now if I'm looking at porn Masturbating. And so have scripture ready. Be ready to go spiritually. Be as strong as you can. Can I make just a comment to that? Yeah. Because we've had my wife and I have discussed on that later too. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily even when the baby comes, because it's even now. Like yeah. We're in the first trimester. She's tired all the time. She's yeah. nauseous all the time, so she doesn't really feel it. So yeah. there is temptation that has definitely been there for me. And so turning to, hey, I need, I need prayer for it. And on those things, like even now is the best time to communicate that and be coordinated. And for us, it's been very good. That doesn't mean that the temptation is going to go away. But to me, it continues to get heavier. And I just need to continue to put it up. That's great. Yeah. And it's, uh, even the whole pregnancy thing is so weird for women. So most are, most are going to be tired. They're going to be exhausted. They're not. They're not even. I mean, they can barely walk, let alone have sex. But others, they're the horniest they've ever been when they're pregnant. It is bizarre. And so you just you can't predict what's going to happen. And it may change. One week or one trimester, she's ready to go all the time. The next, she thinks you're the most disgusting creature. You're the one that, you did this to me. I'm yeah. not, there's no chance I'm having sex. Yeah. So, Putting that thing in there. <laughs> saw what that did. Yeah. So the good thing is the women are, are hearing right now one of the things our wives and, and Sheila are telling them is, hey, you need to, this is an opportunity to serve your husband, even when you don't feel like it. And so we're not, but never use that as an excuse, never you know, pressure them, but, but now that the women are pouring into them and saying, hey, your, your husbands have needs right now as well. But yeah, good, good point, yeah, Can I share some good advice I got early on? When I, right when I, like, within the week I found out I was pregnant, um, I went to an older guy that I respect and uh, talked to him about it. And uh, he told me, you know, the, the modern male is trained to say, you know, hey, we're pregnant, we're excited, we're sharing this together. And he said, that's true in one sense, but also false in another. You're not pregnant. Your wife's pregnant. And he said, physically, physiologically, your wife is changing. And she's changing for the first time, well, moms, in a way that she has never experienced before. So she's never been through this. She doesn't know what's going on in her body, and she's physically changing. And that was very helpful to me. It was a very helpful perspective that some of these things are going to change, and she won't know, and I won't know. And you're still the same. There's not a thing going on in you. You're not attached emotionally. Nothing physically is changing. I think I put on some weight, just some supportive and empathetic weight. Right there. <laughs> that's not that's yeah. my own fault. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think as far as, I mean, he, he talked about the, the whole porn piece. I mean, if you're looking for scripture to just to really be able to put the memory to reflect on, Romans 13, 14 has been a huge one for me. This is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Uh, I think that goes along with what he's talking about of, of really focusing on your spiritual growth. Um, and so that putting on is that taking the offensive in that and, and going on the attack there and then the defensive side of that is you know making no provision to allow you know, your flesh to gratify its desires. First Corinthians ten thirteen, we talk about no temptation. It's usually something that's common to man. I mean it, it, you look at that and you go, Man, like it's so true. How many other men have had children and have had wives who've been in the same situation? And so my prayer in that always is, Lord, show me the way of escape. Allow me to have eyes to see it um, so I'm aware when it comes that I can escape. First uh, Peter 5.8, realizing that he is prowling around. And then that, that verse is actually in the context of shep- being a shepherd of the flock. And so realizing you're now, you're the shepherd of your family, right? You're leading your wife, you're leading your children. And so to realize, like, you're, you're supposed to shepherd this flock and, and, and realize that there is someone who wants to see you be taken under, right? In the midst of that. Um, Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit, you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a great, just great reminder. And I think also as well, Philippians 4.8, what are you focusing on? Whatever's true, honorable, pure, just, lovely, commendable, focusing on these things, and it would be great. Because it's it's easy in that, I would say, in the, especially with the masturbation side of things, it's easy to get to a place where you feel like maybe you're serving your life by doing that. Because now you're not you're not becoming another mouth to feed, right? And so I know for me in my own life, it's kind of like, well, this is probably helping her. Because now I'm not having to go to her and tell her, like, well, I'm kind of bottled up here. What are you going to do? It's like, just it's the shower. Let's just let's just make this thing happen, and then she should be fine. But I'm not promoting oneness when I do that. I'm not promoting intimacy. It's not something that you know I would want to communicate to her because what happens in that for her as well is there's already insecurities for her about her body. There's already insecurities in that, and you really you're multiplying those for her. And then there's a sense of her that she's now not providing for you either. And so I think you know. Looking at that as man, is, is sex still is a god for you in the midst of that, or, or are you seeing it as a gift? Is it something you're worshiping? Is it something you're putting too much priority on in the midst of now this opportunity that you have to serve? So, yeah, let me give you a couple other scriptures and a few other thoughts. There. Ephesians five three, First Corinthians six eighteen, Hebrews thirteen four. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. All just great. Those are great verses to, to start working on now. And, and you know, when, they, when the women go through square one, if they go through that, the new mile class, they're going to get a little ring, you know, like a little set of three by five cards on a ring that just verses to look at when they need to be comforted. That would be a great thing now. You don't need to look really girly and cute, but just put some verses down on note cards and review and get to know them now. This is the time when you can actually still sleep and think and, uh, and breathe without a baby around us and time to start learning the word. The other piece of that, and I'll repeat this again, Ephesians 5.3, 1 Corinthians 6.18, Hebrews 13.4, 1 Thessalonians 4-8. through uh, The other part of the whole uh, you know, sex after having a baby, let's talk about that. And so guys, like her breasts will never look better. Right? I mean, they're huge and they're like tempting you that the fun, I mean, they, the fun bags to the, the ultimate, they've never looked better in your whole life. 
and they're not yours. And so that's the, that's what stinks about it. And I, I mean, I would resent that child when my child was on her, and I'm like, you get to enjoy them, and I don't. I can't even touch them right now, or else I'll walk away with a handful of milk. And so that's not that's not really fun for me or her. And so again, just know that temptation is coming. And then the flip side of all that is that things just change sexually after a baby. So especially if uh, if your wife has your child's uh, vaginally, things are going to be, she can, they're going to be a little bit looser, things are going to be different there. It's not going to be the same as it was. She's not going to have control of her body and her muscles, maybe in the same way that she did before you had the child. Um, Tristan, to this day, and I've got permission to tell this, she used to love when I would, you know, I'd love to play with her breasts, but she does not want me to touch them now. And so we're, we haven't had a kid in three years. Uh, you had our first eight years ago, and that used to be one of the most fun things we did. And now I can't even touch her there because they're sensitive. She's very ticklish. There's just I can't enjoy those at all. And that's just one of those things like that kind of stinks for me, but, but no biggie. Ultimately, that's not a big deal. And so I, I didn't know that going in. We had no idea that was going to happen. And that's not every married couple. Okay, so many of you, you may be able to have fun with every part of her body for as long as she lives. But there's no guarantee that things aren't going to change. And that, this is, again, years down the road that babies change things. That being said, you know, our sex life now is, is better than it was before we had our first child. And so just because you can't enjoy some things, maybe like you did in the past, doesn't mean you, you still can't have just an awesome sex life down the road. So let's see the first Thessalonians scripture again. Yeah, four, chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. Okay. Yeah, I think for us, I mean, we were definitely blessed by a lot of people who may not have showers for us. And so there are things, what's great about that notebook is there's some different thoughts from different Watermark families who have said, these are things you need. These are things you don't need, um, which I think are really helpful because I'll be honest, like there's things we bought, like we bought a wifey warmer. I was like, we never use that because typically it's three in the morning and you're kind of like, Dude, who cares? It's cold. Let's get it clean. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. We just never use that. Um, there, so there's a lot of things that I would go, man, be, you don't need to worry about a lot of that stuff. The diapers. I mean, that is a huge expense. And, and there's just, I think, a lot of times where you're just going to feel like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I know there's a lot of times with my kids, like, I'm just like, man, let's let that thing sag a little bit, you know, before we just <laughs> change one out, you know, because I've literally been buying diapers for the last six years, like, straight. And at times it was multiple pairs. And so you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh. And so we've, we've pulled that out of our budget. Like, used to, we had it where it was like, hey, this is grocery line. We actually made it its own line. Like, because so, my wife was like, just let's figure out what that expense is and let's go ahead and budget out for diapers, wipes, those types of things. We, you know, for you, if you end up doing formula, some of you do formula, I mean, that's that's an added expense you know, that, that could be out there as well. And then, you know, as you start to kind of feed your kid, there's, there's other budget things you can do. Like, you can make your own baby food. Um, you get on and just you can Google some stuff like that, which you end up freezing it. Like we fro- we froze our own baby food and froze it in ice cube trays. I mean, you're kind of like that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross to me, but I mean, it, but there's there's ways to do it. Like that you go, man. If, if we really if money is something we really want to save, like there's there's lots of ways. I think you can you can kind of cut those corners. But practically, 
practically, like, I'm not going to do, do organic stuff. I'm not going to do the other stuff. How much is it going to cost me? Um, man, I don't know. There's, there's calculators out online. I've looked at, uh, yeah, I think the cheapest I found is an extra 300 bucks a month that you're about to diapers or you No, know, everything. You can always do cloth diapers. Yeah. yeah. We put, I know right now for us we've got one kid in diapers and that's it. It's one year old. And so we I, I budget about fifty dollars a month that diapers, wipes and just any kind of that might be additional stuff for him specifically baby wise. And then he's but he's at a point now where he's he's eating table food and you know, drinking milk and stuff like that. So he's out of that, you know, kind of baby range, but but yeah, and it's just it's dependent too because I mean you could have a baby that I mean we've had we've had kids who from a formula standpoint they eat sensitive formula because they got reflux. Um, we've had you know babies that just have been allergic to certain certain things. You're like, oh, that's going to make it a little interesting. And so it's it's another one of those that you're like, you know what, it's it's going to have to be pretty flexible. Does that mean it goes down to fifty dollars after he starts eating the food, or it goes up to fifty dollars after he starts eating the food? Um, I'd say it goes probably down. Down, down, just with the additional expenses, but that—that's our family, and that's kind of how we've done it. I feel like everybody's going to be different because yeah. you know you can buy different types of diapers. I know for all our kids, their body styles were just different. So there were some kids like we could not put in Pampers. It was like, why in the heck is he just peeing out of that thing all the time? You know, and so it's like Huggies has been the kind that's just worked for our kids most. Um, but then we've had we've had seasons where we feel like, man, we can get those. Parents' Choice diapers from Walmart or Sam's, and you can get a lot better deal. Amazon, um, I think they have like a you can get on there Amazon Prime, and you can yeah you can get a subscription and they'll deliver them to your door. I mean, so there's there's a lot of different things I feel like you can you can kind of look into. My wife just eats that up, so I'm not I'm not the expert there, but she'll she'll typically. Well, I'm sure I'm at fifty dollars a month versus three hundred dollars a month. You factoring in health insurance because that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask is. Um, like how often you know you didn't, like you know that that seems to be one of the more expensive kind of items, especially like I'm on a HSA plan, so like I'm on dollar one. So then like figuring out how much that can cost me and trying to put money aside for that. I don't yeah, know. The three hundred isn't just diapers. That's yeah, so I'm thinking that's exactly the health shower and you know there's a lot more than food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. even that fifty dollars for diapers that that may that will go down eventually. But then there'll be another child, and so you'll just be able to replace that. Or it's child care costs. So there, there's something that keeps adding to that. So I want one side there before I forget the diaper changing thing. If you guys have boys, you know what you need to do. You need to cover their penis when you change it. As soon as you pull the diaper off to change them, the cold air hits them. There's some kind of reaction where they will pee. It will, and it, it's amazing how far a baby can pee or poop in the air. Projectile pee, projectile poop. I kid you not. You lift their legs up to, to wipe them, and it will shoot across the room. And so when you change them, you put something. This is a practically you need to know this. Put a towel, put something on there. Uh, I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten sprayed right in the middle of the shirt, which is not far from the face and the mouth. Yeah. Any, anytime I'm changing a diaper, it's the wipes are there and they're open. I take the the diaper I'm about to put on and I'll I'll get it all loosened up and where it's ready to go, and then it's kind of like diving. Go, you know, put that other one under the you know, it's like an aspirin. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You're basically through. Are you talking more like income? Like when, if your wife is not working anymore? You're yeah, that was another thing I had on my mind. Uh, yeah. Just like 
where we're at right now. We both work, and yeah. I just don't know like if we'll be able to have her. Like she's not going to work obviously for a while, but yeah. just like we're, our plan is for her to go back eventually. And I just don't know when that would have should happen. That's fine. Yeah, what we could do. That's a great, great question. We could spend a lot of time on that. Be a couple of really quick thoughts. So when we tell we tell pre-married couples. From the beginning, or newly married couples to live off one income. So get down to one income as soon as possible. If you plan on having children, plan on living off one income. Uh, So take that other money, you sock it away, you take care of debt, you uh, plan in advance for what the future holds when you have kids. Don't make financial decisions based on two incomes. And so it might be, for many of you, it might be too late for some of that. And so, you know, along those lines, I I would just say, why, why do we want my wife to work? Is it so that we can maintain? a certain income and drive a certain car and get certain clothes and, and maintain the, the lifestyle that we're at now. Uh, and that might not be the best reason for her to work. I'm not saying that is. I'm saying that I've seen many couples. That's why the wife works so that they can keep up with everyone else. I just, we took a major drop. Uh, when, when Kristen was the breadwinner in our family and if she was working full-time now, she still would be. Uh, she just made a lot more money than I did, and I'm still a man, even though she did. Um, mm-hmm. Although I felt, I mean, that's just a whole other story. We won't go there. Um, but make decisions based on one income as quickly as you can, and don't feel like you need to keep up with the Joneses to do that. Now, some families, you have to. You know, for whatever reason, and I, that's a decision every couple needs to make. As long as you're not making that decision so that we can buy nice stuff and keep up with everyone else, I don't think that's the right decision. If it's to get by, then you figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. We made the decision we want Christian home with our kids as much as possible. And I think that's ideal. I think that's God's design. I also don't think it's sin for a wife to work. So I hope you never hear me or anyone say that, that if your wife works, you're a less than Christian or you're sinful. Every couple needs to make that decision. And so we, we could talk more if you got more That would be our questions. ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about getting by. Yeah. Well, look at the expenses too of childcare and those types of things yeah. as well. I mean, there's there's definitely some expenses there that you know if you can try to lay all that stuff out there and figure out what that looks like for us. We I mean, same type of deal. My wife worked before we, we had kids, and so we we try to live off one income and pay off as much debt as we could. Really trying to work toward the day when we were like, okay, we'll live off one income, and and so I know for us, there's just a level two of just the Lord providing in the midst of that. I mean, like there's so many times where like we had our first child, and literally we were she was four months old, and we found out we were pregnant again, and we were like, what? Yay! It was hard, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm working at a camp, and we have one salary, and I'm just like, man, this is, I don't know how this is going to work. Well, then, two days old, he ends up having, you know, a heart defect and a heart issue, and so then in two weeks, he had bypasser, and so we're looking at these huge expenses, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it could totally make you sick right now, you know, but, it, but it, at the same time, it was Amazing for one to watch the body just come together and surround us, and then two to just watch as the Lord just kind of was like, yeah, I got this. And, and I, I, I'm not saying that as for you to just be this moron, just kind of like, well, he'll take care of it. I mean, you don't do anything on your own part. I mean, there's a, a level of responsibility, but then there's also just a level of His provision in that because we we thought we were done with three kids, and then the fourth the fourth kid ended up being another one of those. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, and and that was another one of those moments for me where I just I was like, 
Lord, how are we, we going to do this? How are we going to make that work? And, and it's just, it's been cool to see him like provide in the midst of that for us, but for us to be wise, for us to bring expenses to him. Lord, don't allow me to compare and compete because I'm, I'm never going to keep up with the people here. It's not going to happen. We we shop a lot at consignment stuff. Like so, our kids will will buy clothes at consignment and we'll sell them at consignment stuff. My wife volunteers and works at those, and since she volunteers and works, she usually gets to shop earlier than a lot of other people. So so we're going through and we're we have like a system where we set up like okay, we sold this amount so we can buy this amount, and and our kids have no idea that they've got used clothes on. A lot of times they're just like new shoes. <laughs> it's like that's right, they're new, buddy. <laughs> So, anyway, but so there's just things like I, I would just the same way Sky said, I mean, just fight that urge to feel like you have to compete, that you have to have the cutest dressed baby because they're just going to spit up on the clothes. You know, I mean, you're you don't have to have huge stockpile of wardrobe either. You know, for your kids, I don't feel like I mean, my kids pretty much wear the same cycle through clothes, and they do that by choice. I think they don't feel like they don't need this huge amount of stuff and you're you really are setting the tone for your kids in that as well even when they're a kid um, by showing them what's important to you then it becomes important to them as well so. we got about eight minutes seven minutes um, what, are, what other questions yeah. Yeah. I had a question on so you guys mentioned before the aspect of not pursuing your life so starting pregnancy as well as afterwards number one does Watermark have or I mean, is there any, where are good places to go, obviously, other than the internet for date ideas or, I mean, every, obviously everyone's life is different, but, you know, it seems like it's, there's a bunch of guys in this church, so what are things that have gone well, would have worked, because I think that, you know, are there places to go for that, do you guys know of anything out there, you know? So just for, like, for creative days, yeah, for where to go. Creative ideas, yeah. things to do, like you guys mentioned, like go drive around, go, like, go to the parking lot, I mean, those things already do, but... Just to keep things fresh, to keep things new, so we are continuing to pursue. Yeah, so we, with with child, with this before baby or after either one. Well, yeah. Either. yeah, so if, um, if you'll email me, and we'll, we'll make sure you guys get our email address or I'll write them up here. We've got, so we got a few things. We've got a couple of date night guides. So we got a few date night guides. We've got some date nights here as a body. But just here's some creative ways to date one another. We can get you those resources. There's a, there are a few games we put together for dating. Like I'll give you a real simple one. Is you take, um, I did this one with my wife, and we've, we've got five date nights out of it. So I took five parts of town. Bishop Arts, North Dallas, Frisco, it's North Dallas, like Richardson, Frisco, Lake um, HP, and then downtown. I don't remember what the five were, but generally some of those areas. And in each one of those, I put uh, one restaurant, one dessert, one appetizer. And so I put those in an envelope. I, I polled friends for good restaurants. And so those are just numbered one through five. And so, Kristen, what, which one do you want tonight? It's our day night. You want one number one, two, three, or five? Three, four, five. There's no idea which one is which. And you pull that out, and then it's a surprise. You've planned the whole thing. You've initiated it. It's creative. It's different. And so every one of those are places we've never been before. Or it's a favorite restaurant in a certain part of town. And so that, that's super easy to do. You go to three different restaurants, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I want to go back to at least two. We may not we may not get to all three of them, but uh, we'll go to an appetizer in one place, go to dinner in another, and go get dessert or coffee in the third. And that just shows initiative. It's creative. It's... 
and it's not one of those, okay, we're in the car, where do we want to go tonight? Like, that just probably won't last here. Because there's ideas out there. I mean, I do that, but I give them names. So yeah. I, I make them create dumb names that are not what they are, so, yeah. so she takes them thinking it's one thing, and it's not. Yeah. So, but, you know, what, what else is out there? I mean, just how do you find one of those resources? And if there's date night ideas, I'd love to Yeah, on our date night, the date night guides I can send you, there's like three or four different creative ideas. And so one of them is you get, get her initials, or like what, what's what's Ryan's birthday? What, what uh, October October eighth. October eighth. Okay, so you just, and what year? Eighty six. Okay, so you got ten eight eighty six. Find something, some creative day night that has to do with number ten, the number eight, and the number eighty six. Uh, and it doesn't even you know it doesn't need to be dinner or movie appetite. It can be whatever you want it to be. Something themed. I've seen friends that have done. Um, the year that she was born, and so in 1986, what was a, what kind of song was out? What kind of TV show was out? Uh, what was your favorite show growing up? And so you go get a DVD of that show and you watch that together. There's a, anything? There's so much great stuff for your wife. Like we talked about her body changing, and so you know as she starts to get down to a, a regular weight again, and clothes start fitting. That was one thing that my wife loved. Was I did like a shopping spree where I just kind of said, "Hey, we're going out after dinner." It was kind of like, "What are we doing?" And I was like, "Hey." Here's whatever, 100 bucks, and now I'm gonna walk, go around the mall. And she just loved like getting some new clothes and it just, you know, some stuff like that that she was just like, oh, wow. Like, but really, the most important thing is that she can just tell you thought through it. Um, like, for me, we've had to get good at times too of making sure I'm intentional even at home, like just in the evenings. If it's like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm bringing up a movie, we're, we're gonna do this, or you know, whatever, or games. Like, my wife loves to play games, so for me, coming up with a new game. For them and us to play together is something that she's like, no way, that's awesome. Um, inviting other couples into your home, you know, maybe someone that doesn't have kids yet, but you like, you guys enjoy time together with them. But once you put your kids to bed, then you can invite them over and you can do game night, you can do meals or whatever. Like just, you know, trying to think creatively and even on the cheap, I think is is good as well. But the main thing is she's, you want to show her that you're still thinking about her and like that it's something that you're still excited to date her. I think is probably the key you guys have Yeah. I know, like babysitting gets really expensive. And so generally, I think it's, I don't know, $10 an hour is what we've, we've generally paid. And so if I'm going to go out for dinner and a movie and have to pay sitter, that's a, a $100 date. I don't have $100 for a date. And so uh, we get, actually, the Cisco's and ask we swap babysitting nights. And so we put our kids to bed and then. Lance or Mandy comes over at 8 o'clock and we go out from 8 to 11. My dad did the same thing with the McGee's. That's just a real great way to save some money. Now I've got 30 extra dollars I could put towards Kristen or towards a day and night that I want to have before. We, um, one of the things real quick that we do, we, um, I put money in savings throughout the year as far as like a vacation fund. And so my wife and I typically once a year now we try to get away just the two of us. And so we'll you know, let our parents watch the kids or something like that. But it's, it's something fun for us where it's just the two of us, we're still connecting. You know, it's like, hey, we're not, we're not waiting until the kids are grown for us to go and have fun just the two of us together. And then we'll still do stuff, you know, as a family and stuff together. But, but those are times that whether it's just getting in a, I mean, a hotel, honestly, like just a hotel and getting to sleep in one night with your wife again, like after you've had kids, like for someone to watch your kid and for your wife to be able to sleep in and to shower and to fix her hair. And those types of things are great. Other things are sure you can The price on a hotel yeah. really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Getting your wife away for the day with a friend. Like have, your, have her friends show up in the morning and you're like, I got it. 
you know, and like you're, you're playing that out. That can't happen right at the beginning, really, because the baby's kind of tied to her a lot more. But like once that happens, and you can start, like, you, wives just love that, and they feel blessed by that, and, and it just speaks speaks value to her. So. I got one more other thing I want to share, just off topic a little bit, but selfishness. And so Tim Keller is a pastor up in New York. He wrote this book called uh, The Meaning of Marriage. And he talks about, like, when a, if a truck goes over a bridge and the bridge collapses, most of the time it's not the truck's fault. Uh, the, the truck exposed the faults that were in the bridge or the collapse of part of a road, whatever it may be. And so the analogy there is that... Um, uh, the faults were already in the pavement or in the bridge beforehand. In the same way in marriage, or even more so in parenting, a child or a spouse does not cause uh, your life to fall apart for your marriage to fall apart. It's because there, there are faults that are there beforehand. And so and that typically is just selfishness. And so for guys, what I see most of the time, the issues in both marriages and with kids, is that we're really selfish. Uh, and things just kind of fall apart when there's something that's added to make it more difficult. And so for a lot of you that was getting married, when you got married, your wife did not cause your problems in your life. Your wife exposed the problems in your life. And so it's not that Kristen did not make me selfish. I was already selfish beforehand. And even more so, you'll find with, with a child, that child will reveal the selfishness in you like nothing else. Uh, uh, Gary Thomas wrote the book Sacred Marriage said what if God designed marriage not to make us happy but to make us healthy he also wrote Sacred Parenting which says what if God gives us children not to make us happy but also to make us holy and and kids make us holy or give us the opportunity to become holy like nothing else does just that that opportunity to realize how selfish I am how how concerned I am with my agenda how I'm not really willing to serve my, my spouse and I, I hate that. I hate seeing that stuff in me. And so it, it forces me to either do one of two things. It forces you to either run away, give in to your selfishness, pursue your own stuff, or it forces you to serve your wife and love the Lord in a way that nothing else can. And so that's where I'm really excited for you guys. Like my kids do make me happy. I, I love my boys. I mean, there's nothing like being a dad of four kids. And I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my challenges for anyone else's. I mean, I love having these four little boys. But they drive me. I, I am bald and I am gray, largely because of my four children and, and even my third one specifically, the one that's five, about to become five. All of them drive me nuts. And, um, and there are times when I just, I mean, I'm just going to tell you that I feel this way at times, and I hate saying it even. I just want to look at them and say, I hate you. I wish you belonged to someone else. You make my life miserable. Wow. That, that is on, and I just wanted to I, I felt I remember feeling that when I had a newborn I, I wanted to say to Drew when he cried all the time I hate you and you have ruined my life and, and every time I say that I mean I just realize how selfish I am the Lord has given me this gift and, and, I, and I just I'm selfish you mess things up you mess up my freedom my schedule my sleep my happiness and so in the middle of that what is, what is the Lord trying to teach me what is the Lord teaching me in the midst of a rebellious five-year-old? And I go, it's probably the same thing the Lord feels with me. I can't imagine the Lord looks at me most of the time and says, I'm so glad that you're mine. You're easy to love and you're patient and you serve. Uh, he doesn't think that way most of the time. But yet he says, I love you and I'm glad you're my child. Uh, and I'm so grateful to be in a relationship with you. And so I learn more about how God loves us in the midst of our sin by the way that I have to love my children when I don't feel like loving them. It's the greatest gift in my life of working 
apart from my relationship with Christ and my spouse and my kids. And so I'm, I'm thrilled for you guys. I cannot be more excited for what lies ahead. Two good things on that. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight is like that's just kind of my mantra in that. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. And, and there are so many days you thought, man, that was just that was toil, that was tough, that was hard. And then the Lord does is in His grace gives you those moments where you show up from work, and you know that that's something I'm excited. I can look in the room around it, you guys. Like I'm so excited for that day when you get to come in from work. And your kid just runs in like, Daddy's home! And just wraps you in this huge hug and just wants to play with you. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, parenting is hard. It's tough. And at the same time, there are so many incredible rewards and just great things about it that, I mean, I, I get teared up, you know, just thinking about that, like how that's happened. But it's, it's a really cool deal. And the final thing with your, with your wife, um, you're on the same team. Right, and, and my wife and I have to say that to ourselves over and over and over again, especially when you're tired, when you're worn out. But you're reminding each other, we we're on the same team, right? Like we want the same thing. Like we we desire the growth in our own lives. We desire, you know, to see our kids raised well. Like you're on the same team, and just reminding each other that to be encouraging. Don't tear down. Um, if you're starting to get chippy with your wife, kind of get short with her, like make sure that you're humble enough to accept her. Her rebuke of that is to say, hey, I, this is how it's making me feel. She's going to do probably the same to you at times. And then you just kind of continue to remind yourself, man, there is an enemy and she's not it. Right? There is an enemy and she's not it. And he wants nothing more than to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy and to take that away. And so, I realize we have time.